Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 125 and today I want to be talking about, thinking about resurrection since we've just had our Easter celebration. What is Easter all about? Why is it such a big deal? Yeah, you know, when the when Mary went to the tomb, actually when anyone went to the tomb for that matter, where Jesus was buried, when they saw the empty grave, the empty grave doesn't create faith. Right? I mean it doesn't doesn't they suddenly don't believe everything just because Jesus died. We looked at that in the last teaching, Good Friday. Just because Jesus died and he was buried, when they visit the tomb on Sunday morning and it's empty, just because, it's, just because the tomb's empty doesn't mean that everything's okay. In fact, for the first followers, it's nothing but bad news. I mean, it's just one horror after another. He dies on Good Friday. He's arrested. His enemies finally win. He's arrested. He's hung on the cross. He dies. He's buried. Yeah, I mean, it was the worst thing ever. So when Mary Magdalene went to the grave of Jesus that first Easter morning, and she saw that the stone at the front of the entrance of the cave where Jesus was buried, was rolled away, and his body's gone. I mean, she, she, she's horrified. They're all hor horrified, all of the disciples, all of the students. It's like, what's happened? It's horrible. Nobody says, oh, praise God, he's alive. Oh, praise God, this is great news because he said he would die, and he said he would be resurrected on the third day. Oh, look, I mean, He's absolutely true to his word. No, it doesn't work that way at all. None of the disciples thought it was good news because simply the sight of an empty grave doesn't create trust. It's the same for us, right? We need more than the story of an empty grave of 2,000 years ago to help us to trust God. It's just the way we're put together. Now, I mentioned in the last teaching on Good Friday that, you know, on three different occasions before Jesus died, he had told them all his death wouldn't be the end of the story. But nobody believes him. Nobody listens to him. Not even his closest friends, not Mary, not Peter, James, John. In fact, when Luke wrote the whole story down in his journal, which we call now the Gospel of Luke, the good news of Luke. He remembers Mary telling them all what had happened when she went to the, to the grave that first Easter morning. She saw no one was there. Well, here's the story. Let me tell you what the story, first of all, and then I'll give you the reaction. She got there when it was still dark. The stones, the stone that was in front of the grave, because it's like a little cave, the stone that was in front of the grave had, had been moved. 
So the grave is just wide open. It's like a cave. It's wide open. She looked inside and there was a messenger there. And the messenger said, he's not here. In fact, <laughs> interestingly, the, the messenger says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? It's like the messenger saying, he's not here. Why would he be here? He's risen, just like he told you. Mary said that she thought she saw the gardener behind her. But he really wasn't the gardener. But she said, I thought it was the gardener. And she said to the gardener, well, what's happened? Where is he? Tell me where they've laid him so that I can go and find him. And it was when the gardener called her name that she suddenly recognized him. And when she recognized him, of course, she flung her arms around him and kept holding on to him. And he said, don't keep holding on. Go tell the others. I've risen. And I'm going ahead of you. Go tell the others. Which she did. She went. She told the others exactly what had happened. And all the others said, Leros. Which is translated, absolute, utter. Nonsense. Leros. Idle talk. An empty tale. Nonsense. Crazy. She's lost it. I've never heard anything so absurd. Meeting an alive Jesus in the garden and she flings her arms around. That's crazy. That was the reaction to Mary's story. Nobody said Wow, that's great. I knew he would come through. He said he'd be back in three days and now he is. When the graves found empty, everyone's scared. Everyone's bewildered. Everyone's heartbroken. Everybody's confused and panicked. Why? Because everybody figures out they know the end of the story and it wasn't good. Everybody's sure that they know the end of the story. They weren't exactly sure how to explain it, but everybody agreed it's bad news. Okay, the grave's empty, he's gone. Could it get any worse? Could it get any worse? Friday was bad enough, but now the nightmare continues. Somebody's moved the body. It's like, hmm. Well, of course, you know, one by one, they began to believe that Mary's story wasn't Leros. It wasn't utter nonsense. Because one by one, they began to meet him. And some he met on the beach as he's making a barbecue. Yeah, he's building a barbecue fire and he's got some fish on the barbecue. And they had breakfast together. And some were walking along the road to Emmaus. And once they got there, they stayed there for dinner. And something about the way that he handled the bread and the wine that they suddenly recognized him. Some of them were hiding behind closed doors. They're so scared and he just appears. They're all, all different. Mary's in a garden. 
people being people, they all have their own reactions. Most of them are terrified. They think he's seen a ghost. Uh, nobody really recognises him at first. Mary seems to look right past him. She doesn't really see anything until he says her name. It's very strange, isn't it? Very strange. There's a lot of mystery about this resurrected Christ. And all these early followers, they were, they were all so different. They needed so many different things. One looked inside the tomb and believed. That would be John. One looks, at, one looks inside the empty tomb and there's no indication he believes. He just looks in the tomb. That would be Peter. Actually, Peter needed a long talk. He needed, uh, he had messed up so badly just before Jesus died that he needed to have a, a long one-on-one -on -one conversation before he could ever trust again. Thomas said, I don't care what you all say. I need to see him with my own eyes. Mary needed to hear her name said. So. It's just fascinating that they all need different things. They're kind of like us, aren't they? They all need different things in order to believe. In order, And when I say believe, I'm talking about that word belief and trust is the same thing. To say I believe in God, as far as the New Testament's concerned, is the same as saying I trust in God. So for all of these first followers, it wasn't the empty grave that helped them to trust. It was actually their own personal encounter with Jesus, the resurrected one. And I think that that's exactly this. I think that's what we need to do for each one of us. It doesn't really matter if somebody tells you a story about something that happened 2,000 years ago where somebody was dead, and then the tomb was opened up and he's gone, and no, it's really not enough. I think what we need is our own personal encounters, plural, because we need lots of them. We need lots of them. Now, it's fascinating that the first words of the resurrected Jesus, you know, his first words are not, you know, I forgive you for not believing or, you know, I love you, I'm back again. No, his first words were, you don't have to be scared. You don't have to be afraid. That's the first words. It, it just reminded me of the Christmas narratives to the Christmas story, the first words of the angel in the Christmas story, don't be afraid. First words of Jesus when he meets his disciples, like, don't be afraid. It's, it's, it's like he knows how fearful we are. You know, people generally are scared. It's the way, we're, it's the way we are. We're, we're, we're fearful creatures. And God knows this about us. We're fearful of sickness and death. We're fearful of something awful happening to our loved ones. Sometimes we're just fearful of life itself and how 
unpredictable and insecure it all is. People we depended upon let us down. We can be misunderstood. We can be mistreated. We can be betrayed. Life isn't as fair as we'd like it to be. Some of us have work that we hate, or we go home to tense, unhappy households. Yeah, I mean, some of us are lonely. Some of us are tired of being sick. Some of us are broken hearted. Yeah, it's, there's lots of things in this world that can make us frightened. It's a violent, troubled world. I think one of the things that resurrection teaches us, shows us is, that in this world, nothing is as hopeless as it seems. And nothing is as sure as it seems. Everyone on Easter morning figures they know the end of the story and it's bad news. It's bad news. And how wrong they all were, right? I think we can do that a lot. We can finish off the end of the story, use our imaginations, I suppose, to finish off whatever we're going through or whatever somebody else is going through. And we're quite wrong. We're not perceiving things. We're not seeing things clearly. Nobody saw things very clearly that first Easter morning. First thing Jesus says is, don't be afraid. That's why you can't see. You're scared. You're not seeing things clearly because you're scared, he's saying. You know, that's why in both, well, the entire scripture, really, Old Testament and New Testament, God's referred to as a rock. It's like we need something stable and strong in our lives. We need something secure to hold on to, something sure. It's like a foundation that keeps us stable in insecure times. Jesus said, yeah, in the world you're going to have trouble. So, but, however, I've overcome the world. So hold on to that truth. It's a way of saying sometimes, sometimes life feels a little shaky, not very secure. Jesus says, yeah, well, that's the way the world is. But you need to know I remain the same. If I say something, I'll do it. If I say I will die and I will be raised up on the third day, you can be sure that's the way it's going to be. Whatever I say, I do. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't the sight of the empty grave that creates faith. The only thing that creates faith, the only thing that helps us trust God is, just like these first followers on that first Easter Sunday, we need an encounter. I think we need many. Nothing else will do. And because we're all so different, like Mary and John, and Martha, and Peter, Thomas. Remember, they all needed different things, right? Peter needed that long talk. Mary needed her name called. 
Thomas says, I can't go by what you all say. I need to see it for myself. You and I will need something else. And here's the wonder of Easter. God knows exactly what you need. And God knows where to find you. God knows exactly what you need in order to trust more. And we're all learning to trust. It's not like you just, you know, wake up trusting God one day and that, that's it. You know, we're, we're, in, we're in process, right? God knows exactly what you need to help you trust. And God knows exactly where to find you. Nobody found Jesus after he died, by the way. That first Easter morning, nobody found Jesus. He found them. So pressure's off. It's not about you or me trying to find God. I doubt we're smart enough to know how to do that. Nobody found Jesus after he died. He found them. Which really takes the pressure off us. It's not about us trying to find God. I mean, the good news is really God finds you and me. That's the good news. The good news of Easter is Jesus is saying, hey, I am who I say I am. I said I would die. I said in three days I would be raised. I'm raised. I'm alive. I'm the resurrection and the life. So because I'm alive, then come and follow. Live your life with me. Yeah, it's like, you know, we don't have to struggle through alone. It's like God is with us. Finding us all the time, really. It's just that sometimes we have trouble seeing. This is the thing. It's not that God isn't finding us. It's not that God isn't here. It's that sometimes we're either concentrating on other things or we're just so scared we can't see. But fortunately, God has a way of opening our eyes so that we can see. And there's, there's the prayer. There's the, there's the Easter message right there. It's like, God, well, help me to see you. You help Mary see you. You help Peter. You help Martha. Yeah, help me too. Give me eyes to see what you're doing in my life, in this world today. There's the prayer. There's the heart cry. Thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.